Welcome to this episode of the Connecting Faith to Life podcast. I'm Trey Rhodes, the Connections Pastor at Northwood Baptist Church here in North Charleston, South Carolina. In just a few moments, our lead pastor, Dr. Tommy Metter, will be joining the conversation as well. In our crazy and chaotic world, our hope is that these few minutes will help you stop and reflect on your relationship with Jesus as you learn to connect Christ-centered faith to your everyday life. Well, welcome to episode 70 of the Connecting... 71. I got it, brother. 71 71. of the Connecting Faith to Life podcast. Man. Um, uh, Brother... There you go. Okay. Anyway, let me let me roll. Roll. <laughs> try it again, pops. Uh, you want to really try it again? No, just we're seventy one. Seventy one. Okay. I'll anyway. let you slide this week. Next week, don't make that same mistake. <laughs> anyway, we want to invite you to bring people on board with us. Uh, get them by text, Facebook, uh, Twitter, however you do that, or Parlor. Isn't that a new one? P a p a r l e r. Now are we on Parlor? I don't know that we are, but they can invite people on par. You know, they can say. I guess so. You know, come on, join. You know, they can put the link. Come on in. to the parlor and join us in the parlor. Yeah, I don't know if you but say that word. It might be like French, but anyway. Oh, get the word out. Um, let them know that uh, we're here and that French. they will enjoy what <laughs> it is. French parlay. Parlay means to speak. All right. Okay. You making fun of me, man? Just because I'm old. All right. And you were going to avoid that, weren't you? I was trying my hardest not to bring that up today, but you know, you brought it up. So. All right. Uh, we're talking about worldview again, and what does it mean, and and how does it help us make the decisions of life, uh, how it helps us believe, uh, how we involve ourselves, and what goes on around us in culture. And uh, right now, we're dealing with this catchphrase of social justice, mm. and uh, we're supposed to be all in for social justice and all those things. And certainly, justice is a biblical concept. And as Bible-believing Christians, I think we're, we're a little confused because we do, re- if you've read the especially the minor prophets or mm. even the prophets, you hear a lot of this justice, you justice, do. let justice roll and yeah, all absolutely. these ideas. So um, how do we as biblical Christians interpret that? And how do we live the worldview that says we want justice in our world? So yeah. we're going to dive in, try to answer some of those questions for you today. At least that's where we're headed. Huge right? topic, huge topic. Yeah. Trey, do you remember watching The Apprentice? Oh, yeah. Did you like watching it? Yeah, actually, it was uh, it was okay. I, I didn't wait for the next episode oh we watched a lot of it. i remember it, it started off like just with regular people then it got into the celebrity, yeah, the apprentice. celebrity apprentice i started watching when it became celebrity apprentice yeah. i think but. that was that was fun i remember when herschel walker was on there yep he's a good guy Go dogs. i like herschel yeah i do too so so yeah watching the celebrity apprentice and um i had a buddy of mine the reason why he voted for donald trump was he liked the apprentice <laughs> Well, like, he okay. Looked, yeah. So like, whatever, man, if that, that's what wins your vote, I mean, whatever. <laughs> I, I bring up The Apprentice because I, I wanted to say to Logan today, you're fired. <laughs> oh, boy. Logan has been with us now for the last few weeks, helping us to think through these issues. And after today, he's going to take a break from the podcast. He's not really fired. He's just going to take a little sabbatical. We'll have him back uh, sometime soon. But, Logan, you've done a great job helping us to think through these issues. So Amen. you have any last words you want to say to our audience before you make your departure? It was nice knowing everyone. <laughs> there you go. That's there you go. short and sweet. But, but he has been, he's been a big help. Logan's always a big help to think us to help us think through issues like these. And we are thinking through a big issue today, this idea of justice. And what does it mean as a Christian 
to live justly and to promote justice. Because, you know, it's been a buzzword in our culture. You think about earlier this year with uh, the George Floyd uh, mm. death and mm. just the cry for justice. And now we've uh, seen that cry, not only this year, but in past years, that cry for justice among people has been just loud and strong uh, in, in our culture, in the media. And so there's no better place to turn when we think about the idea of justice in Scripture, because Scripture speaks a lot about justice. Mm -hmm. But the issue is our culture doesn't understand justice from a biblical perspective. And, and I think lots of times we as Christians don't even understand justice from a biblical perspective. And and so how do we think about justice rightly? And then how do we practice justice in a way that honors the Lord? What does it mean to live justly? And like you said, Trey, the prophets are full of this idea of justice. And so is the New Testament. So, so what do we do? How do we live justly? Mm -hmm. How do we think about justice and, and those kind of things? So we're going to tackle this issue today. We're going to look at some some truths. I think we got three ways, three ways we're going to look at to uh, yep. live justly or to three practice justice. to practice biblical justice. All right. So you want to jump right jump in Jump right in. Let's do it. You All ready, right. Logan? Ready to go. Okay, let's do it. Number one, know what the Bible says about justice. Okay, Logan, here's where we need your help. Help us to think about the difference between what culture says about justice and what we as Christians believe about justice based on God's word. Yeah, as we're thinking about worldview, we have to define our terms well, right? We look around in our culture and everyone's saying, we want justice, we want justice. But what do you mean by that word? Right, right. And even people within the culture don't always agree on exactly what that means or how justice gets distributed or whatever that may look like. So it can, it can be viewed in several ways, uh, most popularly at the academic and societal level. Uh, justice can mean having to do with how individual people are treated, mm -hmm. how individuals or groups are treated. And so that typically, right, we want to treat people fairly. Okay. We, we probably think in terms of fairness. Mm -hmm. is, is that person being treated with equity, with fairness in comparison to those around them? That can also be applied to groups. And so um, certainly with a lot of things that are going on in our country right now, certain people groups right. are, are seeking justice for an entire group of people. Um, so it can happen at the individual level. It can happen at the group level. But how people are being treated, okay. right? So that's one way to think about it. Justice can also mean something that's due to each person. Mm. Right, So if people are be, being treated justly or with justice, they're receiving things that are due to them. Okay. Um, this is pretty popular within Western thought that justice is a thing that's due to people. Mm. And so that can be done through, through monetary means or some kind of material value has to be given to or, or done for people to experience justice right. um, in that sense. And then uh, justice in another sense, just it, it just means impartial or consistent application of rules, mm -hmm. right? So no matter what your status is in society, if you're going to be treated justly, whether you're the richest person in the country or the poorest person in the country before the law, you're treated in the same way. You're treated impartially. And we'd say treating someone that way consistently with the application of the law is treating them justly. Um, so those are all kind of intertwined a little mm -hmm. bit, but you can see some differences there. Uh, the biblical view of justice is really a, a good bit different. Now, while some of the applications may stay the same, the biblical view of justice is really different from those secular approaches. Okay, well, how so? So we think about where we start in Scripture, right? We we'll do this very quickly, but we start at creation. We get to Genesis 3, the fall happens. Right. Right. So sin enters into the world. We talk about those relationships with between God and man, between humans, between humans and nature, and, and humans with themselves are all messed up by sin. And then we see that injustice enters into the world. Right, mm -hmm. the story of Cain and Abel is this immediate application that Cain kills Abel, 
and it's an injustice. Mm, absolutely. Right? God says the I mean the ground is crying out the blood His blood is crying out from the ground um, this injustice that you committed, and so as it, as it goes along we see that God's doing this work and He moves toward in Genesis twelve calling out Abram from a pagan land. Mm-hmm. And we get this really important text, I think, for us to think about in Genesis eighteen nineteen. And this is what that text says. For I have chosen him that he may command his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing righteousness and justice so that the Lord may bring to Abraham what he has promised. So right there at the beginning of the text of Scripture, right pretty early on in the story, Abraham, his family, those that came after him, ultimately Israel, was to do righteousness and justice. Okay. Okay, so very quickly, that term righteousness, it occurs 283 times in the Old Testament. Did you count it all up yourself? I'm trusting someone else's (laughs) math on this. I did not go through the text before we did this and count those up. Trusting someone else got that number right. But it just refers to an ethical standard of right relationships between people. And it's about treating others as bearers of the divine image. And what we mean by that is people that are capable of being in relationship with God. Okay. So the idea of righteousness is important. And that's going and hold on to that idea because that's going to become important in what we talk about in a few minutes. But this term justice that we're really wanting to focus on, it occurs over 425 times in the mm-hmm. Old Testament. An important concept. And it can mm-hmm. refer to retributive justice. Okay, so what do we mean by retributive justice? It's something wrong happens or something good happens, um, but it's the type of justice you would face if you stole from a bank and then had to pay the penalty for time okay, in prison okay. or whatever it may be. You're, you're serving retribution to make right a thing that you did wrong. Makes sense. Most often it refers to restorative justice. Okay, so this mm. is where this concept becomes unique. It's not just that you're paying a penalty right, to make right the wrong that you did. It's actually, and it goes beyond charity, it's, it's redeeming and it's restorative. It brings you back into the relationship with the okay. one that you did wrong. Very important as we think about um, concepts. So we're God. saying, okay, you've got this idea of righteousness and justice. And really the word justice, because you did the math, you count up, it, the, the word occurs more than even the word righteousness in the Old Testament. But what you're saying is when you think about justice in the Old Testament, it's primarily talking about a restoration of relationship. Correct. And so not somebody just getting what they're due, or but it's a relational piece. Yeah, and and that's going to be. I mean, this is I really think what sets it apart okay. from from secular views is that we're not always concerned about relationship. It's right. just doing right, doing, to just the doing right, give people what they but treat it fairly, whatever the case may be. But as we think about God's justice, He is now seeking to be in to restore the relationship with humanity, mm. and then He's calling the people that He does that for, the ones that He Israel, he's calling them to do righteousness and do justice. Very important. So it's not just doing what's right. It's also restoring the relationship of, of humans back to God. And gotcha. Away for that okay. Time. Okay. Okay. Uh, what else? Anything else from Scripture we need to kind of think through as far as this idea of justice? There's, I mean, there's several examples in the Old Testament. So this is not just something that we see pick up in Genesis and then gets dropped off. Um Proverbs 31, 8, 9. Jeremiah 22, 3 is an important one. We get the same exact language. Do justice and righteousness and deliver from the hand of the oppressor him who has been robbed. Mm-hmm. So this is, it, it comes in the prophets. It's in the Psalms. Yeah. It is throughout the Old Testament. Um, and really, we get this idea. It's very popular today to to look at the minor, major minor prophets. Absolutely. Because they're concerned about justice. All over them. Right? And is because Israel is not doing what they're supposed to do. And there's four categories of people. This is important for us to remember. There's four categories of people that the prophets really 
cause Israel to focus on, that God's saying, these are the ones you're actually doing injustice to. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's the poor, the widow, the orphan, and the immigrant. Mm-hmm. So all of these people, all these these classifications of people who are, who are suffering, who are hurting, Israel's actually practicing injustice against. When we say that Israel's practicing injustice against them, what exactly do we mean? They're not caring for the widow and orphan, obviously, but if you're, you're broadening out this idea of justice biblically, they're not seeking relationship with them? What, what are we talking about? So not only not seeking relationship with them, they're in many ways harming them, mm. but ultimately, again, as we think about this restorative justice, what was Israel's purpose in the Old Testament? They were meant to be a light to the nations. A light to the nations, right. Right? They're not doing that. Mm. And so the immigrant, the poor, the widow, whoever it may be, they're, not only are they doing wrong, so they, they deserve, Israel deserves retributive justice, right? Mm. Retributive justice, but they are not doing the thing that's supposed to be the restorative justice. Bring him into a relationship right. with God. Right. And this is, I mean, I think, right, they're, they're doing the material wrong thing, but they're also doing the relationally wrong thing. Okay. And that, that's, that's very, I mean, bad news for them in the Old Testament. Okay. So when we're talking about knowing what the Bible says about justice, just keeping in mind that the overarching idea with justice in the Bible is this idea of restorative justice, restoring people to God and to each other. Right? That, you think we, that summarizes pretty well? So, so in the Old Testament, these these four, the, they would, as uh, I, I don't think we understand this these terms. Uh, those, those are the lowest and the least. They had zero rights in the you know in ancient Near East, right? I mean, when that they, they were the lowest and the least, within no opportunity for justice unless God's people stood up. Is that the idea? For sure. So you think about the widow, right? Mm-hmm. If if and especially in ancient Near East in this in that culture, if a woman did not have a husband. She had nothing. Mm-hmm. She had no right to land. She, I mean, she had no right. And if you had no right to land, you had no way to make money. Yeah, we were just talking before the podcast about we're going to start yeah. preaching through Ruth. Right. Well, that's the story of Ruth. Naomi mm-hmm. is this widow. And in the chapter, she's like, life is miserable now because I've lost my husband. I don't have anything. Right. So that's the, the idea. She's mm-hmm. going to experience oppression because of that. I mean, the orphan, if you don't have a father, you have no inheritance. If you're mm-hmm. poor, you have nothing, no means to make money. And if you're the immigrant, you're an outsider. Yeah. Right, both. I mean, you're you're an outsider culturally and religiously, mm-hmm. and so I mean, you're really far away from from God at that point. All righty. Well, let's let's push on ahead. Number two, if we're talking about ways to practice biblical justice, is desire people to experience justification. Okay, so we want to live justly, mm-hmm. but there's something about justification that we have to understand. So help us, Logan. Yeah, and this this may not on its face seem like a natural connection between justification and justice um as i was reading doing some research i found this to be very very helpful and especially with this term of righteousness right so what is as we think about justification we get this term paul's going to use it in the new testament and it's this law court scenario and it's it's in terms of salvation Mm -hmm. right so imagine that you're sitting in the courtroom you're guilty before you're you go in and god is the judge right so whoever me you whoever it might be and we we're in the courtroom and we're found guilty mm-hmm. on all accounts, right? We are sinful to our core. Well, Jesus, Jesus Christ comes. He walks into the courtroom before the Father, and he says, I've got this one, mm-hmm. right? And it's not just that some magic trick happens. This is what's very important about justification. Some people have, have used this little moniker to say it's just as if I've never sinned, mm-hmm. but that's not the right thinking on this. It's that we did sin. yeah. And Jesus came in and took our place. He took our punishment. Mm, right. 
right? So someone's got to take the penalty. Someone's got to take the punishment. Jesus comes into the courtroom. He says, I've got this one. He takes the father's wrath. Mm. He takes the punishment that you and I deserve. And then we are credited his righteousness. Mm. So an exchange takes place, right? He takes our sin and shame. He takes our punishment that we deserve and we actually get his righteousness. Yeah. So that's why this this idea of justification and righteousness is connected. What is righteousness? Righteousness literally means to be in right standing with God. Mm -hmm. So no one's righteous. No, not one. Why? Because none of us are in right standing with God. Jesus walks in and he puts us in right standing with God. He gives us his righteousness. Mm. So this is really good news. Absolutely. Right? Now, how is this connected to justice? It's a good question. (laughs) help us we're we're waiting to hear (laughs) so we see that in jesus christ both the retributive justice and the restorative justice take Mm. place Mm. that's good right so he takes our retributive justice he takes the punishment that you and i deserve he takes the penalty for us so the father's wrath because someone's got to get the wrath Mm -hmm. right if god really is a just god someone's got to pay the penalty Jesus takes that for us. He takes the the retribution, the retributive justice that, that you and I deserve. We deserve the punishment. He takes that for us. And then he enacts restorative justice because he is God. He's mm. the only one who's righteous. He's the only one who, who can uphold and stand before the law, right? And he actually restores us to relationship with God. Mm. Um, so this is where we talk about the justice of God. He punishes Christ, right? He in the sense that he pours out his wrath, Jesus takes on our sin and shame, and then Christ, because of who he is and what he's done, restores us into relationship with God. Mm. So this idea, right, so we, we say do righteousness, do justice, these concepts in the Old Testament, well, how does that get done in the New Testament? And it's through the person and work of Jesus Christ. Okay, so so we're talking about being a people who practice justice. What we're saying that that our world it, it teaches that to be just is to treat people fairly, or what the case may be, and we're saying as Christians that's a good start, but we're taking it much further than that, right? That that we want to see people redeemed, justified, so they can be restored in a relationship with God. Because at the end of the day, people need more than being treated fairly by another people group. What people need is a relationship with Jesus, because Jesus is able to restore everything. Yeah. And and it's super important, I think, that we, we keep these two concepts together mm-hmm. as, as, in, in one hand, this idea of justification and justice. So many people, in, especially I see it in Christian thought and Christian circles, it seems to be the case that you, you're prone to one side or the other. Mm-hmm. So if you're prone toward the justification aspect, Right, you might be way more prone to think about we've got to go out and share the gospel and we've got to call people to salvation. Mm-hmm. Well, of course we should be doing that. Right. But sometimes that justification crowd might neglect the justice part of it. Right. There's still a call to care for the widow and the orphan and those who are oppressed. Exactly. So the other side, the other side of that pendulum is to overemphasize the justice part and never think about the justification part. Mm. Right. We don't want to do that either. We want to call people to faith and repentance and at the same time enact and practice justice. Mm. Um, and those two go hand in hand. And if we try to rip them apart, we're, we're no longer at the heart of the gospel. Yeah. yeah. There's a real gospel issue. Yeah. Is keeping both of these together. Yeah. So that's what distinguishes biblical justice from, again, what the world teaches about justice is there's this gospel element. There's this belief that what people need more than anything else is to be restored to the father. Because when you're restored to the father, 
right? That 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 gives you a, the heart of the Father to actually practice justice and lifting people up so they can experience the love of Christ rather than oppressing people. As far as it's up to us, I think I, I don't think I don't know anybody that wouldn't want justice to happen. But when you live in a political situation where justice is just not happening. On either side, on whatever side that is, justice is just not happening. You know, we have to then, I think we do have to kind of say, okay, we're going to deal with the justification part of it because we have no power. We, you mm. know, there's many times in, in the Christian world where we have had zero power. You know, we've mm. just had to say, okay, let's do the gospel, let's lead people to Christ. Think of what's going on in communist China right yeah. now. I mean, there's no justice at all for anyone. Yeah. It's uh, what whatever they want to do. So, you know, we have to. I think also in the time period we're in, the epoch we're in, you have to kind of say, okay, this is where we're going to be at this point. This is how we're going to respond and react to, to this situation. So there's going to be times we never get justice is all I'm saying. I will never get, you know, there's not, things not I've justice never in the justice. way the world defines it. Right. But if you, but if you've, if you, um, and we're going to get into this in just a moment, right. When we talk about the new creation, yeah, if yeah. you are a believer in Jesus Christ, You've experienced justice. Mm-hmm. You've been re- the restoring power of the gospel. You've been brought into a relationship with God because of what was done on the cross. And so, yeah, you might not experience fairness in this life, but you've gotten something far better than fairness. You've gotten grace. I think that makes you miserable, in my opinion. If you're always looking for fairness, we taught it. Well, I teach my children, and you'll you'll learn this. Life is not fair. Yeah. It's just not. Yeah. And uh, we've got to go beyond that there's as believers. Yeah, there's something yeah. more lasting than fairness. It's a relationship with Jesus. Okay, well, let's jump into the last one, and that is that uh, we're talking about biblical reasons uh, for bibi- uh, three ways to practice biblical uh, uh, justice. Number three, we long for the new creation. This and this is such a vital concept for us because, and again, as Christians, we def- we know according to Scripture, we believe, we trust that that our future is different. Mm. Now, if you look at secular forms of justice, we talked about this a little bit, maybe a couple podcasts ago, but ethical systems and ethical standards in a secular framework, many times, right, there's a very positive view of what we as humans can make of the future, mm-hmm. right? And we would, we, would, we would echo that as Christians. We say, yes, I mean, we look just with the scientific method, the past 200 years of the world's history, look at where we are. Lots right? of progress. Lots of progress. Um, it can become easy, I think, because of the Industrial Revolution, because of the technology boom, to think that as humans we can just create a utopia. Mm. And we can come up with political systems and structures. We can come up with laws. We can come up with all these things to have some sort of heaven on earth. Right? And a lot of secular views, that's what they're trying to aim at. Mm-hmm. But... Again, as Christians, we know that with the reality of sin in this world, while things may get better in some areas, things are still really bad. Yeah. Right? Sin is ravaging this world. The effects of sin are all over the place. Um, and we don't believe. We just don't believe this. According, It doesn't seem to be according to Scripture that we're ever going to reach heaven on earth right. by our own means. Right? This is only a work that God can do. Mm. And so as the New Testament authors t- tell us time and time again, there is coming for us a new heavens and a new earth where righteousness and justice will dwell forever because there will be no sin. Mm. So we're looking forward to that. Yeah. Right? The question I think we have to think about and answer is what do we do in the meantime? 
because we are not by our own means going to bring about new creation. Mm-hmm. We are not going to create a utopia here in the West, in America, on Earth, wherever it might be. Um, so what do we do in the meantime? I think a lot of Christians want to ask this question. What should the believer do or what should I do in order to pursue biblical justice? Mm-hmm. I think that's a fair question to ask, but I think it we need to ask one before that. Who should the believer or who should I pursue in order to accomplish biblical justice? Mm. Right? The the same thing that the prophets were concerned about, the orphan, the widow, the poor, the immigrant. These are the same people that Jesus was concerned about. Right. These are the same people that the New Testament authors are concerned about. Right. Now, in everyone's context, everyone's life, that's going to look a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Maybe you just literally don't know a widow or you don't know an orphan or you don't know an immigrant. I assume that you either know someone that fits those categories. I would assume that you could at least find someone who's poor and hurting and suffering Right, and be the hands and feet of Christ to them, right. to take the gospel to them so they can experience justification and then actually enact and pursue biblical justice. Mm. Right Now, this doesn't mean, just because we're pursuing justice doesn't mean that these groups of people are going to find some kind of liberation and are no longer going to be oppressed mm. or no longer going to be suffering and no longer going to be hurting. Some people are always going to be poor. Yeah, It's the, yeah. Re- it's the reality of Jesus our, said it, the poor will always be with us. Right. This is always going to be a reality. So, and it's not that we don't try to make their lives better or help them or get them on their feet. We should do, we should do those things. That's part of doing justice is helping them, loving them, serving them, caring for them. Um, but it may be a lifelong endeavor, right? That the oh, widow will yeah. always be there. Mm-hmm. And that we need to, as the church, as the body of Christ, we need to care for the widow. We need to care for the poor. We need to care for the immigrant. We need to care for the orphan. Um, and, and these other groups of people, Right. And so, well, Logan, what does that look like, particularly in my life? Well, w- what groups of people are experiencing injustice? Mm-hmm. Right. The first one that comes to my mind is the unborn. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. More than anyone else in our world right now, the unborn are experiencing injustice. Absolutely. Right. People are taking away their right to life. What about those involved in slavery today? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Okay, over 27 million people are in slavery right now yep. in this world. Mm-hmm. Right, Whether that's sex slavery, whether that's forced labor, whatever it may be, around our world. That's a massive injustice. Mm-hmm. And there are plenty of ways we, we can do follow-up. There are plenty of ways for you to get involved in things like this. What about those oppressed by evil governments? Mm. Yeah, you mentioned China. Yeah. North Korea. Horrible things going on there. Right. And then, and, and we do echo, we do, I mean, there, there is racial injustice, mm-hmm. right? As Christians, we seek to end racism. We seek to root that out where we can in our lives. Um, and so there, there's all these groups of people, the poor, right? There's plenty of poor people around us. Mm. There's plenty of things you can do to help the poor people around you, right? Know the gospel and, and be restored, right? To, to help with retribution, but also restorative justice, mm-hmm. justification and justice. We want to see them know Christ and see them follow him in lives of holiness. Um, so we, we don't believe there's going to be some utopia on earth, right? Yeah, before, right. before Christ returns, we're looking forward to the day of new creation yeah. that keeps us going. But in our time here, we are to be found faithful, preaching the gospel and caring for those in need, loving God and loving That's our neighbor. Right. There are always going to be people in our world that are oppressed. That's just bottom line. And we who have the ability 
should do whatever we can to alleviate oppression, but we're not going to completely alleviate it. But, but what we can do for those people who are in oppression, and who knows, maybe it could be us at some mm-hmm. point, right? Mm-hmm. What we can do is give them hope. Right, that they're there. You might be oppressed today, you might be oppressed tomorrow, you might be oppressed for the rest of your life. We're going to fight to get you out of oppression. But if you stay oppressed for the rest of your life, know that there is a better day coming. There is hope for the oppressed. That's the gospel, that's the justification, that's the mm-hmm. restorative justice piece that we're talking about. And so, that's the Christian worldview on this idea of justice. It's not just treating people fairly, we should treat people fairly, right? But it's bigger than that. There's, there's a gospel hope that you can embrace and experience in a relationship with Jesus that, man, no matter what you're experiencing in this life, the oppression, where the case may be, there will be a day that you are free from that because of uh, the restoring power of the gospel. That's good news. That's hope. And that's what we should be after as followers of Jesus, to take this conversation about justice and put it in the context of Scripture and, and really offer people real and lasting and eternal hope. Amen. Well, uh, I do want to thank you for being here, Logan, for these last few weeks, and uh, it's been a you did a good job, been, man. Not yeah, too bad. It's been really. We'll have good. you back and someday. We, I have learned a lot, and uh, I think that uh, we can move forward. You know, with some of these issues that we've been discussing, mm-hmm. and they're hard issues. I mean, they these are, are not issues. easy. These are not easy things that people just jump in and and always talk about. So, right. well, Pastor Tommy, this has been good. Thank you for having Logan on, and uh, why don't you just close us out and get us ready for next? All week. right, we're so glad that you uh, took the time to listen to this episode today, and we hope that it was helpful for you. If it was, please go ahead and share it with a friend. And we hope uh, that today uh, that you'll go ahead and subscribe to this podcast. You can have new content delivered to your device every single week. Leave us a five-star review. That's always helpful. And we hope that today's episode has helped you connect faith to life. 